Hello everyone, welcome back to a new episode. Um, for this episode we want to put a trigger warning because we will discuss another sensitive topic today. We will speak about disordered eating, eating disorders and the stigma that surrounds it. So if this is something that triggers you or makes you uncomfortable, it is probably best to skip this episode. But if you're still there, we hope you enjoy this episode. Hello everyone, welcome back to our podcast. I hope you had a great start to this year and I hope as well it's better than the last one. Um, I just came back from Spain two days ago, so I'm still a bit <laughs> not in the mood. Um, but yeah, we're still a little lost and today we're coming with a new topic. As we said, it's a bit sensitive. We still hope you enjoy it. Okay, girls, so moving on to the typical questions. Um, what did you learn this week? Okay, well, you guys know the Beatles, obviously. It's like, maybe no one finds Who are funny. they? <laughs> How do I do? Like, really, really underground, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like this cool indie band. Oh, yeah. from, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, the thing is why I'm saying this is because, you know, these like mostly like white guys, like in their 20s, who think liking the Beatles makes their like taste like super amazing great and it's like the whole personality and they hate on everyone who doesn't like the Beatles well basically I found out that Paul McCartney's like still making like music oh, yeah. and like publishing singles and I heard one and it was I'm not saying it was bad but it was like I heard it I was like there's no way there's Paul McCartney so I thought it's called like Fa you it's like F-U-H, did you hear it? And it sounds like every fucking song in the chat and I thought it was so funny because these guys always act like, like he's a genius, whatever, and the song was really average and I heard it, I didn't know it was from him and I was like, oh, it's really, really annoying and then I found out it was Paul McCartney, so that was my revelation. I was like, next time a white guy wants to tell me about his music taste, I'm gonna show him that song. So yeah, that Are was mine. Like a fan of the Beatles? I, I really like the Beatles. Oh, like the old songs, yes, yeah. definitely like, the classics. I might have like an unpopular opinion, but like I don't really enjoy them that yeah. much. I feel like there is so much more. Like there was so many cool artists back then, and I feel like they got all of the hype, mm-hmm. which like yeah, they deserved some of it, but I don't feel like all of it is deserved. But also, don't hate on me. Like no. they see, have some we're good gonna stuff, okay? be cancelled by all of the white twenty-five-year-olds. <laughs> Honestly, I don't really give a shit about them, but yeah. I get it that at the moment they were like revolutionary or whatever, but like now it's Were they actually? Yeah, were. They were, they were like, I did an essay, a whole essay on them. Okay, 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 whatever, let's let's move on, I guess. But I'm not a big fan, but I just had to like, want to say so. The classics of the party when you like shouting yesterday. Oh, she's gonna give us a whole presentation on Friday when we are coming home. I'm so excited. No, but I feel like the class, I, I don't know, I like them, but I just think it should make your whole personality overrated. So yeah, please listen to the Paul McCartney song and let us know what you think of it. Um, yeah. Okay, so my interesting fact would be, and this is gonna sound like I'm freaking psychopath about my interesting fact last time, but this is, I don't look these things up, it always somehow finds me, so don't come at me. But I found out that body decomposes four times quicker in water than it would in the ground. So 
not that I'm like telling you this, but if you ever need to get rid of a body, it's probably better to leave it in water for some time because it decomposes four times quicker. But you don't know this from me, okay? So <laughs> Thanks for the advice. We'll definitely put it to use. We're the 25-year-old men that are obsessed with beetles. <laughs> <laughs> coming for you. <laughs> okay, so I didn't really prepare this because, well, I only knew about we were recording this episode an hour ago, so... I'm gonna say like my interesting fact or the thing that I learned was it, it was like my first time using Blavacar so it was like a nice interesting adventure because like on Monday I lost the bus so I had to be <laughs> on a car with a 50 year old man for three hours it was just the two of us so yeah yeah I'm and glad. she fell asleep yeah. for two hours <laughs> like girl <laughs> I could have been the body people walk by in like the water. water. You could have been the dead body in the car that we talked about last year. Exactly. (laughs) I know, but I was just too tired and I was like, okay, so I might fall asleep, is that okay? And he was like, yeah, sure. So at the beginning I was a bit scared to close my eyes. I was like, one eye open, the other one closed. (laughs) Just checking if, if it was like okay, but then I immediately fell asleep. Like. There are people who sleep with their eyes open and I think they, it's the creepiest yeah. thing. Yeah, it's like, it's so creepy. And like horses also sleep with their eyes open, I think. They Maybe do. I'm wrong. Uh, there's some Fishes animals. Fishes do. Fishes. They're like the, the goldfish. Yeah, I swear. Like, they don't. But I think horses. They don't have eyes. Like right? the, well, there's there's some animals similar to a horse that sleeps with the eyes like open. I'm pony? probably just talking shit. Imagining like dating someone who sleeps with the eyes. I couldn't. I'd be like, like I'm sorry. What I found like weirder is the fact that like for example like sharks they can't stop moving so like they sleep but they still move so that's right. just scary. <laughs> That's amazing. And we learned so many interesting things on here. And like fake facts that I spread. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, so yeah. Okay, so as we said already, today we're going to discuss eating disorders. And we wanted to do a quick definition in the beginning again, just so you get an idea if you're not familiar with the terms. Okay, so basically an eating disorder is a mental illness that is characterized by eating, exercise and body weight or shape becoming an unhealthy preoccupation of someone's life. So basically when it takes over your life in some form. Okay, so just so we like, because the thing is, um, once upon a time, me and Miriam on, you know, our typical Friday night, we would sit down in her kitchen, maybe open a beer or two, or like champagne or two, or you know it, you know how it goes. And, you know, we would start talking, and it was supposed to be like a fun night, but somehow we ended up talking for like two hours about, well, our eating problems. So here we are, and we decided it might be actually kind of interesting, would be a bad word choice, but it could help maybe somebody who relates or at least that what kind of helped me once I realized that I was suffering from an eating disorder and when I learned that one of my best friends was suffering as well at that point I was like holy shit like I don't want somebody I love to be suffering from this and at that moment I realized hey like maybe just maybe i should fix my own shit first so actually like after the conversation i had with said friend 
the first thing I did was I actually went and bought myself something to eat after three days of not eating. Just might add that. And yeah, so here we are now talking. I don't know how to now kind of found my way to talk about it, but no, but basically like talking about it and ending the stigma around eating disorders like talking definitely helps and communicating and hearing that someone might have I know sometimes it can be triggering to hear that someone else like sometimes it goes into like this thing of glorifying you know when you both compare I have the same thing but sometimes or most of the time it can really really help when you share how you got out of it or how you're working to like recover and stuff so I think definitely talking about it is a great thing and I think it's important to add that we are no experts. We did our research, but we are no experts and we're just talking from personal experience, what helped us. And yeah, if there's anything you want to educate us on, if you say something triggering, please do let us know because that's not our intention. But so guys, what, what what is your relationship with food? How was it? Was it different at some point? Okay, so I think like, Ever since I was like in high school or around that age, like I've always been aware or conscious of the way I looked. Like I, I was aware like that I wasn't as slim, let's say, or whatever as like my friends, because I was like the tall girl. I was bigger than them, so like I was always like a bit conscious on that. I back in the day I, I used to do ballet, as I said, so I was like doing exercise. So I, I like I was active, but then. I stopped doing that and I started focusing more like on food and I guess like I restricted the the quantity of what I was eating instead of like well <laughs> not working out but yeah I guess that's like I, I got like uh, not bad relationship with food but like mm-hmm. but it got better over it got, time like it, it never got like too really serious but I'm always like thinking of like maybe this is a lot this is like whatever so I, I, like i'm thinking about food like all constantly to be honest okay yeah. so so you definitely don't like have a really healthy relationship with no, food problem mm-hmm. I, I can have like normal meals and then like not feel too bad about it but sometimes it still like lingers in my mind yeah yeah, yeah. i think my relationship with food really changed when I was around 14 13 14 I think and I've always been very I think since I was in primary school I remember every night before going to bed and I would change I was like looking at you know like the baby fat you have completely Mm -hmm. normal and I would like always look at it and I remember that it was already like something that consumed like my thoughts at this time which is like so early and I mean it's the reality of a lot of people but like these are like my first memories when I really was um, insecure about something and then of course with time the baby fat like disappears and if it doesn't nothing wrong with that but I basically grew you know into my body and it, it was my natural body and then I got into middle school and at some point just something changed um i don't know i feel like i went like for most years in my life in the beginning for i would say like the first 12 13 years i went without restricting or anything and then at some point i think where i was also quite like vulnerable and didn't really like myself as a person of course that affects you know what's it, it affects your mental health and i think at that point the whole like kind of restricting started and 
do you, like when I had the conversation with Natalie, um, I started with like, you know, I don't know if you can call it that, whatever, I'm not really sure because I did this, but I didn't do this. So I never really came to terms with, with what it was and I still don't have a name for it. I know it's not like a typical eating disorder that I can like point a finger at like anorexia or anything, but I can definitely say it was like disordered eating and maybe at this point I can quickly um, define what disordered eating is. It's like very hard to differentiate between disordered eating and when it becomes an eating disorder. Basically we have like the basic eating disorders. We know like anorexia, binge eating, bulimia and like a lot more that I don't have all of them in my head of course. And then like um, symptoms of disordered eating are, for example, skipping meals, binge eating, restrictive eating, unbalanced eating, and like using diet pills. Some also like say, for example, when you eat, when you're bored and stuff like that, that's also already disordered eating because you do not really do what your body wants. You just, it has like to do with boredom and anxiety and all of that stuff like flows into it. And then I read an article by a doctor that said basically there are three important points to an eating disorder. It's like behaviors. Behaviors is basically how often do you do something? How often do you restrict? How often do you eat in general? Like it's about the quantity mostly. And then um, there is like obsession and then it it's about the level of obsession because when you have an eating disorder it takes up a huge like amount of time thinking about food it, it's like always on your mind it's like the one thing you focus on there's no space for hobbies or anything you think about exercising about how many calories does this have it's like this constant like it's present and it's everything you think about and then also the third factor is functionality so basically how does it impact your function can you still function normally for example does it your relationship with food impact um your your the way you act in social situations for example if you feel like you can't go out with your friends because you feel judged for the amount of food you eat or you feel so insecure about your body that you don't want to be in public and stuff like that so if it affects you like that that's basically the the part of like functionality and now, like going back to mine, um, I think part of the disordered eating that I was really struggling with, I've managed to leave behind, but I think not everything. I feel like food, not like really present in my mind all the time, but definitely the way I look and my body image. So, um, for example, I'm a person, whenever there's a mirror or like a window, I check how my body looks because it's like still so important for me. So I think in that way, I still definitely haven't recovered and yeah and I think a part of the problem why I'm still struggling is that I as I said earlier on I never really acknowledged that there was something wrong like that and I don't think you can really heal from something or work on something if you don't name it so I think that was like a huge part for me and I never like I, I think maybe two years after it was like really bad I started like thinking about it. and I was like okay maybe there was like there's a name for it or maybe there's something wrong with it and I think it's so funny because I definitely lost weight and people like told me and I feel like the one thing you shouldn't do when yeah. someone feels like don't tell like like don't comment about like people's bodies at all it doesn't help mm -hmm. at all it's not a compliment if you see somebody and you're like oh my gosh you look so great you lost weight like it's not a compliment 
I just like I feel like this is something every girl has heard in their life. So if this could be like one thing we could stop doing, that would be great. Yeah, like, it doesn't go together. Like, and because you lost weight, you you're supposed to look more beautiful. Like, maybe you're unhealthier than you were before, and you don't know it. So. Yeah, I feel that I I think like commenting on other people's body like because you never know what is happening. I feel like for example as someone who was in that state and people like I had people tell me, "Oh, you look unhealthy." In that state that's not like you're not like um offended by it. It's it's it keeps you pushing because you like being unhealthy means I'm like I'm unha- you know, you know yeah, like yeah, it just pushes yeah, yeah, into that direction. So if we can tell you one thing that don't comment on people's bodies don't like ever because you never know what like someone and also like we have this perception that eating disorders only affect people who look really thin which is like absolutely not true but yeah i'm gonna give the mic to um natalie okay i don't want to like take up much time but i feel like i have a little bit to say so um I started doing rhythmic gymnastics at the age of six years old and I started doing it on a competitive level, which means like ever since I was six, I was attending competitions, I had practices six times a week, I had like Russian coaches and you know, like gymnasts, they are obviously really thin. So let's say it started with me at the age of six and you know, like, yeah, you can hear from coaches like yeah, you look a little bigger and whatever, but that still wasn't that bad. But what was worse was my mother, which I don't have a good relationship with her or like my family at all. But so it started with the fact that I started dieting around the age of seven, not because I like chose it, but because my mother kind of was like, hey, you should have salad today and whatever. So that was kind of like the first introduction into obsessing over my body. But then like uh, at the age, let's say of eight, I don't know if you ever saw it or like heard, but like professional athletes, they sometimes use like the plastic wraps to quickly lose weight. So they will like put it around their stomach or whatever before competitions. And at the age of eight, like I was still doing gymnastics and I was like, thinking that I need to lose weight so I started doing that and you know like normal parents would be like hey you shouldn't do it you're like eight years old but my mother was actually the one who was buying me those plastic wraps so that was like another step in like a really bad direction and then it turned even worse let's say my mother would make me waistbands that I would wear under clothes so my stomach would be flatter which I was eight years old practicing six times a week and also at home so I was already really skinny but it just gave me the idea that I wasn't because my mother gave me the waistbands and yeah so that was like the beginning Uh, then I stopped doing rhythmic gymnastics at the age of 10 and I started doing acrobatic rock and roll again at the competitive level so I you know I started doing it at like around the age of 11 let's say and so I was becoming a teenager at that point, so at the age of like 13, like the thing is like if I would show you a picture of me at 13, I look unhealthily skinny, but my mother would still have comments like your ass looks like a ass of horse and stuff like that. And you know, <laughs> that isn't probably like the best thing you want to hear. And then she would be like, hey, your coach told me that you should lose weight so you fit into your costume, which 
wasn't true because, well, I was really skinny. And, you know, then, like, it would again turn into, like, hey, do you want to start a new diet? So each week I would come with my mother to, like, shopping mall and she would, like, choose food with me and she would be like, hey, you shouldn't eat this. This has a lot of fat. You shouldn't eat this. It has a lot of sugar. But the funny part is that now that I'm, like, old enough and I'm learning about food, the food she would be like, oh, you shouldn't eat it. It's actually healthy. Like, she would tell me that I shouldn't eat an avocado because it has a lot of fat. Like, it has, a like, the healthy one, which you need. So I, at the age of, like, 14, most of my meals were based on, like, rice cakes. So that was, like, to that point. And I feel like at, you know, once I was, like, around 15 or 16, your body starts to change a lot, especially if you're a girl. So the comments about my body were, like, more often, but I was also older, so I would, like avoid them you know so I didn't really care about it but then like at that age I kind of turned into the self-critic of myself because well I was like beginning high school and stuff like that so I started being really conscious about my body because at that point I was doing electric and field and you know whatever so I got into the habit of skipping meals kind of, let's say, I guess. And at some point it turned into the point where I would have a notebook where I would write each day what I ate. And the more days I could go without anything, the better, right? Or like, at least that's the mindset of a person with an eating disorder. So I would go days without eating. Sometimes I would have like, you know, a pack of blueberries and that would be it and I would be like oh I kind of failed so now I have to like again not eat for three days and whatever and yeah that that went for a little while but then I already told you the story about how my one of my best friends like we met up and she was like hey I have to tell you something and she told me that she is anorexic and obviously at that point I was like shit I don't want you to be like sick and I care about you and at that moment I like realized like fuck I want her to get better and I also realized like I'm not doing well that kind of helped me because I started worrying a lot about her so I would try to like you know text her every day hey what did you eat today and by doing that I kind of reminded myself that I should eat as well so that kind of helped me but not like really because I never since like the age of six I never had a healthy relationship with food I had no idea how to start then for some time I would like kind of eat but never like a healthy balance but I didn't think of myself as having problems because I was eating to a certain point and then I got somehow into binge eating mostly after I moved out from my parents so when I moved out I was finally free to like make food for myself and not because I was doing like a lot of sports ever since I was little I was tired at that point so I didn't really do anything and I would just eat a lot because I was like I can so you know I have my own money I pay for my own food so I would just go into the store I would buy like a lot of chocolate and like frozen pizzas and like unhealthy food and I would just binge eat and not do anything because I was like I finally can 
But then, like, the mindset of the person who wants to be skinny kicked in, that's when uh, the bulimia started. So um, this might sound like, for people who don't know what bulimia is, it's that you force yourself to throw up. And that's exactly what I did. So I would binge eat, overeat, and then I would feel disgusted with myself. So I would go and I would throw up. That would go on for some time. And then I I feel like I was like jumping in between eating, not eating, throwing up. Like I, for well, my whole life, I haven't had a healthy relationship with food. But I, like the thing is, I was always skinny. So nobody ever really noticed because if you're skinny your whole life, but like I was never like, yeah, when I was 10 years old or whatever, I was really skinny. But I, you know, when you're 10, nobody like comes up to it. They are like, hey, you're like extremely skinny because I was always like in the gym with my other skinny friends or like with my parents who would tell me like, hey, you should lose weight. So uh, other than that, my whole life I was skinny. So nobody really questioned my eating habits. And few months ago I kind of decided that I want to go vegan which actually kind of helped me a lot because once I realized like there are things that I can't eat right like I can't eat meat and like milk and you know all of the products so I actually had to think about creating a diet for myself because there was a lot of things that I couldn't eat which helped me because I actually focused on the fact that like I have to find myself a vegan breakfast and vegan lunch and whatever so that helped me a little bit then like I got here to France that kind of went to shit because like baguettes and cheese you know like (laughs) I wanted to enjoy it so let's say now I'm vegetarian and still kind of fighting with finding like the right way to eat because I never knew how to actually do that so no but thanks for sharing i think it's really like interesting and to see where you are now is like amazing um i just quickly wanted to add something because people don't know this kind of thing so basically the second like diet she spoke about is basically it's just general the kinds of food that a person or an animal or any a community like eats like normally it's not like um the special course of food where you like restrict and stuff so just to like make it clear when she said she had to make a diet for herself it was just she had to like find food she can eat and not yeah. restrict yeah it's just so people know that no but like it's uh, you've come a long way like, another thing is like this is just something i want to add this could be something that people actually struggle with, but they don't know they do. If you try to sleep in as long as possible to avoid breakfast, or if you try to go to sleep as soon as possible to avoid dinner, that's also a problem. So I feel like that's something that I've seen myself doing and maybe sometimes even other people. So another thing just to maybe look out for with your friends, if you see them doing that, try to maybe reach out. Yeah, definitely. There's so I feel like there I know few people who actually have a healthy relationship with food because like dieting like everything that goes into that direction as soon as you have like this kind of fear of food because even like being obsessed with eating healthy is like an eating disorder I think it's yeah. called orthorexia mm-hmm. I'm not sure um so like envy people who have a healthy relationship with food and I'm definitely working on it and what I wanted to add is that an eating disorder is not always about like having the goal to be skinny and stuff it it's like so much bigger and it's I mean mostly like a mental issue because for example when you have anorexia or something you're never skinny enough so basically 
you gotta realize that their goal is like it might seem like it is to be skinny but it actually it's not about that and for a lot of people it's for example about control and stuff and not about the 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 looks of it or anything so i just wanted to add that there are so many different kinds of causes and like everything so just um, we wanted to be inclusive with that one thing i wanted to add for myself that helped me was of course it it doesn't do everything but once i started liking myself for like who i was and like there was internal change when it comes you know to my character and like loving myself it wasn't really in like a external a physical change more about my mentality it came less and less important and that helped me heal a bit so that's definitely something yeah i just have something to add to how you said with people who obsess over eating healthy that's kind of a story of my sister because i have an older sister she's seven years older she or like she's my half sister but we grew up together and she kind of had the opposite so uh, my mother would restrict food from me but she would give her way too much food so um, she was a little bigger and she struggled with that for a really long time so when we were younger she sometimes would like sneak me some food because she couldn't eat it anymore and i had less but the thing is she turned out into like this amazing person like she goes to the gym every day and she eats really healthy but one thing that i noticed like she it's amazing for her i'm so happy for her that she found the balance but you can still see kind of the obsessivity when it comes to like healing yourself from eating disorders because like she would be really strict with like weighting her food so she would like weight her vegetables and stuff like that which is like a little questionable like if it helps you okay but it's still not really healthy to obsess over food that much so I just wanted to add that because Mary mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. And also like with this new trend of like people advertising real food and like only real food is the good thing that, that you should be eating. It's like at the same time, as you said, it's like healthy for you, but it's also like bad because I mean, it's not bad to every now and then to eat a cheat meal because like if it makes you happy, then you shouldn't be feeling bad for eating that. And I feel like this real food dieting, it, that's what it's like, its purpose at the end, because it's, it, it's like making it look bad that you're not eating all this real food. So Yeah. And like, I eat like, I eat my frozen pizza, I eat my chocolate. Yeah. And like, the thing is, we, I feel like food has not like only an impact on like physical health, it's mental health as well. And sometimes it's like healthier for me. I read a very like interesting article by this comedian Sophie Hagen and she said basically she was asked what do you think is health because she wrote like an essay I think and or like she said something then in an interview she was being asked about that and the interview was like so what do you think what is healthier like um, vegetables or like sugar and then she said it's all about the objective and like the person so i feel like for a person who has like low blood sugar i think that's how it works like in that moment some sugar would probably be healthier and if you have like bad mental health and you feel like maybe eating like that one like chocolate can make you i I feel like it's all about perspective and like Mm -hmm. balance and you can find it for yourself i found something like interesting or because i was thinking we could maybe discuss what we think causes eating disorder or this body a- image thing and whatever so i found one statistic that said from it's like from a study um it's by age 
um, by the age of six, girls um, especially start to express concerns about their own weight or shape. And 40 to 60 percent of elementary school girls ages 6 to 12 are concerned about their weight or about becoming too fat. And like this concern like follows them throughout their whole life. Where do you think that comes from? Well, maybe the first one would be like the lack of representation on, on like, for example, I don't know if you watch TV shows, everyone is so skinny and thin and whatever. Or like, also like the fact that you're comparing yourself to others, I think that would be the first one. Yeah, like the TV shows, I feel like with children, it's a special thing. Like, you know, if you're older, like if you watch like, I don't know, whatever on TV, like it's still gonna affect you. But if, if you're six years old and there's like a Binks club on TV and all of them have like a waist of like two centimeters, mm-hmm. It's just fucked up. And I remember, like, all of the princesses or, like, the Binks Club, which, and whatever, <laughs> the girls my age know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, like, now that I look at it, it's just crazy because they made them, like, unhealthily mm-hmm. skinny. And, you know, that's just wrong. And uh, you might not be able to name what the issue is at the age of six, but it does something to your brain, of course. If you see... Um, these people or these characters you're idolizing and they have a certain body type and I think I feel like everything for me personally when I thought about it it's like so deeply rooted in like fat phobia that we have Mm -hmm. in our society and I I'm not an expert but I also did my research on that and there's so many like false stigma and false facts around the topic of um, being fat and like fatness is not a bad thing but there's so many like I read doctors claiming like certain things that were absolutely like not true that were studies could show that it's not true but they were like pretending to care about people's health and stuff so basically I did like research and I think maybe we can at some point do an episode about fat phobia Mm -hmm, like in itself because there's so much to uncover but I think that is like a big part and also I have some more um, statistics for you because as you said it influences you what you see so see so um for example, of American elementary school girls who read magazines, 69% said um, that the pictures influenced their concept of their ideal body shape and 47% said the pictures make them want to lose weight. So that's exactly what you guys said. And it's still like nowadays it's the same thing. Back in the day we would used to like watch it on TV but now you have Instagram and it's again the same thing where you're comparing yourself to whichever Instagram girl, whatever. So I guess it's like, it still affects us at this day and age. Like definitely, especially like as Negri mentioned, like with Instagram and stuff like that, like the editing and the thing is like a lot of celebrities, like I, it, it it's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, like if you feel better with a plastic surgery, like go for it, like it's great. Mm-hmm. But then if you go on social media and you edit your photos and like, you know everything looks different and you are like oh no I'm all natural and whatever like it causes a lot of problems because then the girls look at it and they are like and boys yeah boys as well absolutely I'm sorry but then like people look at it and you know they will probably like you can try to do the same pose and they're like I don't look like that like how come they look like that if they say they are all natural like Mm -hmm. You know, and they are not like there is a filter, there is editing, there is like maybe some work done on their face or, or their body or whatever. So definitely, like I feel like at this age, it's even worse. And like the kids that are younger now and they are growing up with social media, I feel like we are destined 
for like a catastrophe it is. We will fight it. But I thought of one thing when you talked about um, the influences and, you know, plastic surgery, which is like completely like support. I think um, you do you, but um, I feel like I thought about what can we do to end this, this whole this whole thing that is happening and I first like I thought about okay like do regulations for like Instagram and like commercials where it has to be if they photoshop they have to like put it somewhere or they're not allowed to photoshop something like that but then I feel like education like educate the kids in school and tell them not everyone like 10 people can have the same exact diet and not they will look completely different and people don't realize that but then I feel like those are like small things you can do and to help it temporarily but I feel like the main route is like I read about um, it's like fat phobia and the stigma around it also like the patriarchy and the way that women are told um, they have to look a certain way and they have to so it's I feel like there are so many issues connected here and also in the way I read an article as well that this fat phobia roots from racism as well because of the certain body types and yeah, you know absolutely. like um so it's like all very connected there's a lot of work to do and i thought since there's so many different um aspects and like certain uh, nuances when it comes to that topic i have like some statistics how for example marginalized groups a term we <laughs> defined in the last episode Go um, girl. yeah what, what what is the connection like um for example Transgender individuals experience uh, eating disorders at rates significantly higher than cisgender individuals. And like um, gay and bisexual boys um, in a study, it's like different studies I'm quoting now, and I can put the link to that specific articles where they were quoted on Instagram or maybe or something, so you can actually look it up. So basically it shows that marginalized groups are a lot more vulnerable and like at risk of having eating disorders and then I found something that I found very interesting and it is um, that when it comes to people of color and like non-white people just in the United States um, they are significantly less likely to receive help for their eating issues and I think that's very interesting and something that also needs to be considered in the whole discussion and and also I feel like there's so many factors people just think okay a person has an eating disorder and they want to be skinny, but there's so much to it. Teenage girls from low-income families um, are 153% more likely to be bulimic than girls from wealthy Absolutely. like families. So like, there's so much playing into it. And I don't know, like one advice I would give you for now is to just check up on your friends, Absolutely. check your own like eating habits. And don't be scared to reach out. Yeah. Like, if you feel like you don't have friends to reach out to you can absolutely like reach out to us but i feel like if you have a good relationship with your parents or you know siblings you can reach out there friends but if not we are here for you guys so yeah just also, i feel like there's so much stigma around it but also like going to therapy is just a good way to like get better for sure so also like don't be scared to do that okay so i have a question what do you prefer or what are your thoughts on body positive thinking and body neutral thinking have you heard of it yes i was going to ask you what body neutral thinking is uh so basically the difference is in the body positive movement it's more about going into that 
I love my body and my body is beautiful and there's still like a focus on looks and like everyone should feel good about the way they look and like in the body neutral movement it's more like you shouldn't care so much about like you are like f perfectly fine the way you are but it's like more of a focus on you shouldn't care what you look like like your body does amazing things for you it keeps your life and stuff which what do you feel more drawn to I the mean, one where you honestly like neither <laughs> i know that this probably sounds bad but i feel like okay it's great that it exists and if it helps other people that's great but like like i never really subscribe to the ideas from either of the movements i f like i feel like i'm still dealing with a lot of shit on my own that i this probably really sounds bad but i just you're not at a point maybe in the in your in the process where exactly. you think about these things yeah yeah i feel like that, yeah yeah i feel like i like the thing is i still don't have a healthy relationship with food and i'm like i have so many thoughts in my brain that this is something that i literally don't really pay a thought to so mm -hmm. for me it's like neither i was gonna say like i didn't know the body neutral thing and it's great that it exists of course but i, I think that there's ne like you never reach a point where you don't care about your your body image like you always i don't know if it's just my case or but i i, I don't think i'll ever get to a point where i simply don't care about it so I, I guess it's just more about not putting any like value or like it's it's it shouldn't like it's more right. about it's because I feel like that sometimes people think because I can't like even decide I can like I pick like things from like both movements and, and they don't have to be like opposites or anything mm -hmm. but I feel like it's more when you go into that idea of loving your body because you have to look beautiful I, I feel like that's maybe something that people want to like get away from and therefore their body neutral movement but I don't know enough I'm not an expert so yeah. the thing is like I don't have a problem like talking about my experiences and listening to experiences of others but I feel like the reason why I don't really subscribe to any of the idea of the movements is the fact that I feel really uncomfortable when the body image is discussed a lot because that makes like just the fact that the body image is discussed makes me uncomfortable with my body and I this probably sounds really weird but I can watch like really inclusive fashion show or whatever and it still makes me uncomfortable with my body and it can be the most inclusive <laughs> but I still like discussing the body and the body image makes me uncomfortable so I feel like that's why I don't really look at either of the movements. Okay so now we've obviously discussed something that is very uh, sensitive and maybe uncomfortable for some people and we didn't want to end it on such a note and it still stands if you're not feeling well right now or if maybe this episode has like still impacted you you can always reach out to us um we hope we can like end this and make you feel a bit more positive with the question nagore has prepared for us today the pressure is on <laughs> okay so what is like your guilty pleasure but in oh terms no. like Hell no. <laughs> no 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 like in terms of like music like what's that song you always like go for but you're too embarrassed to say that you like honestly like i i don't have a specific song but like my guilty pleasure and honestly i don't really feel guilty for it that much it's like 
any song from Disney Channel. <laughs> you can probably like play whatever and I will know it word for word. That might like guilty pleasure but not really guilty. I just enjoy it. Okay, so mine is like it's I'm honestly I don't feel it's not a guilty pleasure because like I'm proud of it but it's basically when we have a good night and baby by Justin Bieber oh, yeah. comes on I'm oh. gonna like sing the whole thing well all it of the words I can yes. like, and like also I'm not embarrassed about this but One Direction songs in the shower or when you're yeah. drunk you it gets you going so <laughs> definitely listen to What Makes You Beautiful even though the message of it is not that great and not very like positive so don't listen to it. <laughs> But like One Direction songs are my guilty pleasure. Don't listen pleasure. to the lyrics, just vibe, okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay, and like, I'm not sure if I want to say this online or not, but thanks to this like quarantine in France, the girls already know, but like I've been listening a lot, like an embarrassing amount of a lot to BTS songs. So yeah, I guess you can call me an army now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, don't. Oh you shouldn't, okay, you shouldn't yeah. feel embarrassed. We They're judging you. me with your looks now. No, I don't. You know, I don't. Like, honestly, sometimes they slap. I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah. And I don't know, yeah. I don't feel guilty, even no, if it's like. If, even if, like, the, the quality of the music is not that great. If it makes you happy, it makes you happy. Yeah. But, like, of course, if there was, like, a 25 year old Beatles fan in the room, we would get judged and yeah. I would maybe be a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> So Natalie or Nagore kill him. Um, <laughs> and we will dissolve him in, uh, in dissolve water. Him. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, the thing is, like, I we wouldn't do that because I have so many options. I oh, no, I can't say that online because what if sometimes something happened and people are gonna play this and use it against me? So never mind. But I can confirm that there are like a lot of like random moments where Natalie comes up to me and she's like, you know, Miriam, if you like ever want to do this or that, um, I. Just advise you to do this and bury like their body oh like that. God. She does that a lot, and we'll just like end the episode yeah. here. I think. Honestly, like you guys, but like friend like me is really needed because like one day there is gonna be an ex of yours who is gonna be really annoying, and I can deal with that for you. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> Should we be like thankful for that? I'm so fucking lonely. <laughs> okay, so. Nagore, do you want to say goodbye to the <laughs> Nagore, say sure. goodbye. She's never coming back. From now it's just I'm me and leaving. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the episode and hope you liked it. And see you on the next one. Bye. Not see you, oh. but like you will hear us. You'll hear from us. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's Natalie's catchphrase. I cringe yeah. every time I hear it, but it just doesn't make sense to say see you. I'm just okay. saying. Let's say bye. 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 <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>